Thanksgiving has come and passed. So that means that all of you psychopaths that set up your Christmas decorations up a month ago can now finally rejoice in the fact that Christmas is coming. But more importantly, I'm going to recap the games that uh, went on Thanksgiving and kind of give you what I took away from each of those games and also going to look ahead to Sunday and Monday and kind of give you an idea of what to look for and uh, the more exciting things about it. We start off with Minnesota and Detroit. Uh, the Vikings ended up taking that game 32-23. And the number one thing that stood out to me was that Case Keenum, and I, I'm sure this is something that nobody expected, but he's earned a pass to be the starter for the rest of the season with the Vikings. I mean, you just go over the last four games, and he has an average of 106 on the QBR scale. So that alone is impressive, but he's also combining that with a 3-to-1 touchdown-to-interception ratio. And the thing is, which I also had to look this up because I couldn't believe it. I remember I was talking to my cousin about it uh, during Thanksgiving. We were both blown away. But Case Keenum's only 29. For some reason, he just seems like one of those really old quarterbacks that floats from team to team because he's already played on three teams, but he's only 29, and he could be a long-term answer for Minnesota. I love Teddy Bridgewater. I love the story, him coming back, recovering from the knee injury and everything, and I think he deserves a shot, but I don't know if that shot is going to be in Minnesota because... We don't know which Teddy Bridgewater you're going to get after this injury. And it's not going to be a popular opinion, but if Case Keenum does continue to play well and the Vikings do make some kind of playoff run, it might be the smart move to trade Teddy Bridgewater. And this whole Case Keenum thing and Teddy Bridgewater not getting to play, that might be good. Because like I said, you don't know what you're going to get after this injury, but... The Vikings could very well use that to their advantage because it's not like you threw Teddy in there and he had a couple bad games and then you're going to try and trade him. Teams have no idea what to expect, so that can be a good or bad thing. So I'm sure they're going to test the trade market with Teddy B if Case Keenum continues to play as well as he has. To piggyback off of that, they also have Sam Bradford on their roster who, you know... I, I've never been a huge fan of Sam Bradford. He was playing pretty well before he got hurt again. But the Vikings could always keep him as a viable backup. No team's going to take another chance on Sam Bradford. So the move that can make the most sense for the Vikings is keep Sam Bradford as a backup and try to move Teddy Bridgewater and see what they can get. Then moving on to the other side of the coin in this game, the Lions. The Lions are exactly who we thought they were, and we just need to get over this fantasy of Detroit somehow winning the division or just unseating the Packers from, you know, being the ones to fear in this division. The Lions are 11th in pass attempts and 26th in rushing attempts. They paid Stafford all kinds of crazy money, made him the highest paid player ever in the league, and that's exactly what they're riding on. They're riding on Matt Stafford to carry them to the promised land. And 
to be fair, this is not a rip on Stafford. He has done that. He's played with some really bad Lions defenses and a lot of lack of talent in the backfield. In saying that, Amir Abdullah, he's not bad. Theoretic, not bad. But these are not top-tier backs that we're talking about. This isn't a Zeke. This isn't a Leonard Fournette. This isn't an Adrian Peterson. Things like that. They are basically saying to Matt Stafford that we are not going to be getting you any more help. You need to work with what we have, and that's it. Moving on to the Chargers and Cowboys game. Chargers ended up winning 28-6. The number one thing that I take away from this is that the Chargers are looking scary good. Phillip Rivers is starting to catch fire. He has seven touchdowns and only one interception in his last three games. But the main story is this pass rush is incredible. They're ranked third in sacks, and they're led by Joey Bosa, of course. But also, this backfield that was, you know, Melvin Gordon, he had the season last year where he was racking up all kinds of touchdowns after having a really, really rough rookie start. But included with Melvin Gordon, they have Austin Eckler, and he's showing how versatile and how impressive he can be. So this might be becoming a running back committee. And for us fantasy lovers, that, that's terrible. But for the Chargers, that's extremely good. Eckler is very good out of the backfield. He's a great receiving back and even lines up a lot, which he did on the Thanksgiving game. He lines up a lot in like the slot and out even far, split out wide as a receiver. And he's a very good talent that, that the Chargers are looking to utilize in many different ways. The Cowboys, on the other hand, they are in big trouble. They looked pretty bad, and the thing that people are going to try and take away from this is that Dak is not as good as he was last year, or isn't even as good as people were saying he is, but he is. The thing is with Dak is he is a lot like Alex Smith in the fact that he kind of plays conservative, so, you know, if he has the games that he had, like, on uh, Thanksgiving, the three interceptions, people are quick to jump on him and say that he's bad. Quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers can get away with those games that he throws three or four interceptions because he has a lot of games that counterbalance that to where he has maybe three or four touchdowns and 400 yards. You don't see that as much with Dak. So when he has these bad games, people are quick to jump on him. You're also seeing the fact that the Cowboys are really missing Zeke. And it's also telling us that people were trying to say that the Cowboys offensive line is what made Zeke. No, it's the complete opposite. Zeke made that offensive line because a lot of the things that he can do and some of the great things that he's done, he's done that on his talent. And it's kind of overshadowed some of the troubles that the Cowboys have had on offense or some of the holes that they have in that offense. So this brings you to wonder that maybe Zeke should have just served this suspension from the beginning. And, you know, maybe we wouldn't be in the spot to where we're worrying about the Cowboys in the long run. Maybe we would just be wondering, hey, can they keep up with the Eagles? As far as the Washington and New York game, the Redskins end up beating the Giants 20 to 10. Not a lot different from what I took from these games so as far as what we've already known. Kirk Cousins needs to get out of Washington immediately. 
He got sacked six times just the other day, and he's gotten sacked 15 times over the last four games. Combine that with the fact that Jay Gruden is a completely terrible and awful coach who really does not know how to, for some reason, he just has no clock management whatsoever, but it shows, especially in the game the other day. On a bright note, Samaj Pirine looks fantastic. He's had back-to-back 100-yard games, and he's shown workhorse capability in those games, carrying the ball over 20 times in each game. On New York's side, Eli's run is done. I mean, we could kind of tell pretty early on through the season, but he's only had a QBR of over 100 twice this season. And, you know, with the injuries that they've had, he just doesn't have the talent to carry him anymore. They need to draft a quarterback this year in the upcoming draft and see where to go from there, whether they kind of like play with Eli a couple more seasons and let and groom a quarterback or somebody that can be implemented right away. Now, what to watch for this coming Sunday and Monday? Number one thing that I'm watching is have the Steelers finally figured out their offense. They're coming off of a 40-point game against Tennessee, and they're going against a very bad Packers defense. So I would hope that we're going to see another 40-point performance, but we'll see. In my opinion, Todd Haley needs to be gone as of two years ago, but we'll see what goes down this Sunday. Another thing that I'm watching is the Bills game against the Chiefs. McDermott's completely insane decision to bench Tyra Taylor, see if that comes into play. They very easily could have been sitting at 6-4 and four instead of 5-5. Five and five playing against a Chiefs team that is 6-4. This could have been a huge game as far as their playoff potential. Now they're sitting in like the wild card hunt when they were ahead of the game, but we'll see just how bad that decision is going to affect them in the long run. And another thing to watch for is the game against the Los Angeles Rams and the New Orleans Saints. I have no idea and I still can't explain how the Saints are doing as good as they are with the past two seasons that they've had. They have so much young talent, and it's unbelievable how impactful those players are already being, like Alvin Kamara. It's, I just can't even explain it. And then you go over on Los Angeles' side. They also have young talent, especially at the key positions like quarterback, running back, Things along those lines. They just lost Robert Woods, which is a big deal. But these are two out of the four realistic contenders in the NFC to go to the Super Bowl. So I feel like this is going to tell a lot about each team. And we're going to see who is really the dominant force in the NFC and who can stand with the Eagles. And if you're not on the Jacksonville bandwagon yet, you need to check these guys out. Their defense is incredible. And jump piggybacking off of uh, what I was just talking about with the Saints and the Rams, the defense is very young, has a a lot of stuff that's been built through the draft, but they also had some really good pickups in the offseason, and it's all blending together perfectly. They're number one in total defense. They're number one in sacks. They're third in interceptions and they're first in yards per game against them. 
It's an incredible defense. They've used that to their advantage. Blake Bortles has an average of, I think, like 80 point something in QBR. And somehow the Jaguars are still seven and four. So you take that into account. One of the other things along with that great defense, they're number one in rushing attempts per game. Great defense, great run game, and you're set in the NFL. No matter how much we glorify the passing league that it's become, if you have a great defense and you can run the ball, that will win you a Super Bowl. Unless you're Tom Brady, then you can pretty much win with anything. So that is the end of the Thanksgiving recap and what to come this Sunday and Monday. I'm going to start doing this more often and kind of give a recap of the weeks and, you know, what I'm looking forward to in the next weeks. Thank you for listening. If there's anything that I missed, let me know. If I was wrong, let me know. And I will see you guys next time. (laughs) 